Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's Ramada chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I'm Jordan. Now, this week we will have a news segment since last week both Volume 100 SBS and Viva Card information has come out. This would probably be a bit of a beefy one. But before that, we'll be jumping right on in to chapter 1024, then later 304 to 312. Here we go. There's not even a cover art to talk about this time. We we literally have to jump right in. Indeed. Oda's really putting me on the spot this time, but I'll forgive him because he made those real fancy, very detailed character poll color pages so you get a free pass on this one oda yeah he's earned his break indeed we start off on the second floor <laughs> with Usopp fighting sort of against some uh kaido goons seemingly making them pass out just from his presence goodness me is that conqueror's hockey from this man god Usopp, it's been there all along there he is. <laughs> um turns out uh no speed down here at the bottom makes it explicitly clear no it's not him big mom is fighting on this floor and just the ripples of her hockey are knocking out all these people well done big mom making our job slightly easier even in a dream. super convenient i'll take it no i do think it's interesting that a uh usap is using this as an opportunity to at least try to turn additional people to their side don't know if it's going to work but I imagine some people might. And also, uh, Tama is pretty close to where this action is happening, but is not being knocked out by Big Mom's Conqueror's Hockey. Oh, hmm. Whereas these kind of buff dudes, I mean, they're kind of goons, but we've been led to believe each of them is at least kind of strong. Uh, But Tama's not. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Strongest character confirmed. Mm Mm-hmm. She does appear to be a little bit further away than, like, Usopp and company, but even so, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Nami wants to know what the head is going on with Luffy. Asks Frankie via the transponder snail. But oh no, Frankie doesn't know. Frankie doesn't have the inside knowledge. (laughs) Nope, they're all working with the same stuff. Pretty much. It's just general chaos on Onigashima right now. Apparently... Nami is also unable to get a hold of Shinobu to get some details. So, that's a shame. I wonder what happened to the, their transponder snail. Or if, like, the range on these small ones isn't good enough. I'd bet on the range thing more than any other. But, uh, I like the the interaction where Frankie's saying, no news is good news, and then immediately <laughs> gets shot down. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, not sure that one chats out, Frank. Not in this case but he's just trying to stay optimistic yeah that's why we keep him around and we know that he's not just coping either because you can see like the little i don't know how to describe that line but like the the two curved lines with the two straight lines going through him to indicate jovialness and he's also laughing oh yeah you see what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah he's having a real good time even with explosions going on and the fight literally in front of him but uh he's got nothing to worry about indeed Frankie's in his element right now. Exactly. Um, We find out that apparently a whole bunch of people from the enemy team are trying to rush into the performance floor 
presumably to help the conflicts going on there. Which is a little strange, because you wouldn't think they would think that uh, Queen and Kane would need help against the Scrub, Zoro, and Sanji. You would also think that King and Queen would almost be mad about it. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't look down on us type deal. Could also be that they're just trying to, like, go deal with the rest of the samurai that are on that floor, because that is where most of them are, as I recall. Yeah. Well, I guess they don't know, but they have said that they're not going to interfere. I guess it'll just be a circle of death around them. (laughs) Pretty much. But Frankie's on the job. He is going to stop that flood of people from getting inside, along with Beppo, Penguin, and I assume Shachi is around here somewhere, but I don't see him. But they're all real salty that they're being ordered around by Frankie. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. They're holding their own against probably not the strongest people, but whatever. <laughs> Indeed. Small sidebar. I saw a like tier list on the One Piece Reddit the other day, just kind of trying to rank important people based on um, strength, you know. I don't remember what the details were, because this happened a few days ago. But uh, this person that I was looking at put, like, Penguin and Shachi, uh, the two hat guys from Law's crew, Mm -hmm. on the same tier as, I think, like, Frankie and, like, the mid-tier Straw Hats. I'm like, oh, that's a take. We haven't seen them do really anything at all. Yeah, I think we've seen, like, hand-to-hand or, you know, some martial fighting out of them. But that's, like, it. Indeed. Bit of a leap to make that assumption, but... Maybe it'll turn out to be true one day. It is always kind of strange to me that the Straw Hats always seem like the only supernova crew that have just generally strong people. Because, like, aside from Killer and maybe Beppo, Kid and Law's crew don't seem all that impressive. Yeah, and Capone has, like, many, many underlings. That's kind of his thing. Indeed. And he's not like the dude with the Gatling gun arm and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude with the big hands. <laughs> but that's, that's about it. Yeah. Maybe we'll get more expansion on them one day. Wouldn't count on it, but oh well. Uh, then we pop back to the third floor, which is uh, apparently where Brooke is carrying Robin's unconscious body out of a big ol' inferno, making jokes all the while. Good for you, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Way to stay positive. He's pretty sure he is on fire, but not a care in the world. Mm-hmm. He's, he's already been cremated, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that that was how he went about it, but it's nice to fill in that part of the lore. Quite so. I do think it's interesting that Robin is straight up unconscious here. I wonder if perhaps it was Hati in her demon form a few chapters ago, and it kind of like tuckers her out in the same way that Dear Fourth does, perhaps? Certainly could be. Yeah, she's definitely out. She looks kind of blissful, though. Like, <laughs> Indeed. If this is the only side effect, wow. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Indeed. As long as she has an ally there to carry her out in case there are more than one big foe nearby. Not too bad. Good for you, Robin. It's a heck of a finisher move. Quite so. But on this floor, just like everywhere else, pure chaos. It's a whole mess. He calls on down the Jinbei, who is apparently on the fourth floor with the kid pirates tearing it up. Uh, talking about the fire and telling him to come downstairs. He's concerned about who's holding up Kaido, though. 
Perhaps one day he'll know. It's nice that one of the crew members is actually thinking about this, though. I haven't seen Indeed. many people giving, like, thought to the battle at large. They've been pretty focused on their tasks, which, like, of course, I get it, but uh, someone has to has to put the pieces together. Exactly. And that's a nice callback to, like, the very first thing Jimbei said in regards to this fight way back when. And they were all, like, walking towards the castle, pretty much. He was like... Somebody has to stand back and kind of take a view of the battlefield as a whole. And that's exactly what he's trying to do here. Yeah, well, very, very helpful for this crew. Yep. Um, very consistent. I mm -hmm. love it. Gotta love that sweet, sweet characterization. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crews, if these are the kid pirates, what's what do they got going on here? We've got a small person that eats people, a dude who breathes fire and has a knife, and a big boy. The dude here breathing fire actually does have a name. He was actually in the uh, Saturday Night's anime episode. Just kind of walking alongside another guy. But uh don't remember what it is. <laughs> but he appears to be one of his main guys. <laughs> Not sure about the little girl who's eating that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, very impressive showings all around. Have we seen the other two other than the fire breather guy before? Uh... I do not recognize the other two, so okay. my guess is probably not. I wonder if they'll get names as well. Uh, maybe, maybe if we really focus in on that battle, we'll get something. Could be. Wouldn't count on it. I mean, yeah. does anyone really care about like this fire-breathing guy against mooks? <laughs> or like Beppo and company against mooks? The fight itself, no. But I don't know. I would like to know the names of them, I guess. Not that I'd remember them, but <laughs> just for them to exist would feel good. Right. Could happen one day. Yeah. Um, then we are outside of the big room and the performance floor. More and more people trying to get the heck out of there. And also trying to get into the performance floor. But uh, Kabamatsu's not letting them. Not getting past Kappa Man. No, sir. No chances. Not even you, mouse guy with sword. <laughs> Those big ears are not going to help you here. Mm -mm. Just more of a target for Kawamatsu's Kappa Slash. Gets him every time. <laughs> Quite. Uh, then we're back outside. We are resuming the Yamato versus Kaido battle. Yamato coughing up blood or just bleeding in general. Throwing a big ol' Narakabura arrow. Not sure what is actually happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> Looks cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was like hitting like a projectile, like a rock or something really fast at Kaido at first. But there's really nothing to indicate that's what's happening. Maybe just like a, a snowy blast. Pa, pa. Unfortunately for him, though, Kaido blots it with no effort. Kaching, it says. Yeah, literally just sideswipes it. <laughs> <laughs> Quite so. And then, I had a bit of trouble kind of sorting out what Kaido specifically does here. But I think what happened is Kaido, like, flash steps from where he was standing on the floor, gets above Yamato, even though he's in the air, and shoots a very similar move at him. Agreed? That is, like, the choreography here? As far as I can tell, yeah, based on the angles. Um, I should have looked up what Vajra is or if it's anything at all might have just made it up 
Classic Oda. Good. But it's powerful enough to blast through some big old stones, at least, even after hitting Yamato. Indeed. Classic Kaido. Just trying to show off that uh, anything Yamato can do, he can do better. Mm-hmm. It is weird to me that Yamato says, you have always intended to kill me, when, like, he could do that pretty easily from what we've seen here. Indeed. So, like, you know, a kid to a parent saying that, you know, probably not literal, but, like, yeah, if, if Kaido wanted to, you would you would be dead. Right. Certainly seems like he's just playing around for the moment. Yeah. You don't see him going huff huff or wheeze wheeze anywhere throughout the entire chapter. He's smiling most of the time when we see him not having a bad time at all. No, he's disciplining his kid, right? Like, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. To that note, he says, hey, this isn't a family squabble. If you're going to be Odin, be ready for war. Yamato claps back. I love Odin. It's not a crime. Leave me alone, dad. <laughs> And then uh, a little Yamato flashback begins. How fun. Yeah, I was not expecting that this week, that's for sure. But Me neither. Please, it happens, though. It's pretty dope. Yeah, pretty glad. So it opens. Uh, apparently, Yamato has been chained up by Kaido. And I guess, I don't know why there were this many soldiers here in the first place, but use Conqueror's Hockey to knock them all out. That feels good. At an incredibly young age. <laughs> Indeed. I think you and I had already kind of deduced that Yamato has Conqueror's Hockey mm-hmm. based on like the black lightning clashes we've seen prior to now. Yeah. But uh, nice to see it explicitly stated. I'm sure there were some people out there that were like, nah, it's not confirmed yet, but now it is. Mm-hmm. Also confirmed old school Kaido looking cool with them skinny jeans and... <laughs> God. His legs are so, so tiny. So small. It's <laughs> hilarious. But I do really appreciate that. Oda did keep that consistent to when we saw Kaido in the Odin flashback when he was like dropping Momonosuke off the roof. He didn't forget that uh, Kaido skipped leg day back in those days. For 40 <laughs> years. <laughs> but then after uh, this whole conflict, he was like, you know what? Maybe I should start working out some more. I gotta and that's do some where squats. his current strength comes from. Yeah, <laughs> It's all about the lower body, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaido was like, hey, if you're going to be Odin, I want to kill Odin, so be dead now, please. But Kaido's not unreasonable. He's a good guy, a reasonable father. He's like, all right, stay in that cave for a month without any food and, you know, sort out your problems. And then he just leaves. Classic him. But... Leave some stuff behind. Food. Sit swords. Feels good. <laughs> is it six? I thought it was five. Oh, it is six. You're right. Yep. You see five in the, the yeah. panel where he first drops them. But later when you see the, the plate of food and stuff, it's six. Yeah. Well, I guess they moved them. Because one of them definitely fell down. And then they're all standing up in the next page. Uh, Maybe there are seven then. <laughs> And you just can't see the one falling over. Swords <laughs> galords. Indeed. Not sure why Kaido thought they would need so many. But uh, I do have a thought about that for later. Yeah, there are three pretty beefy samurai in there. I'm assuming the other two are also daimyo of the different provinces. Because mm-hmm. we know that uh, Shimutsuki there is one. Yep. 
and they also seem to be pretty buff so i would be pretty surprised if they were just like randos but kaido drops some swords in a single plate of food bowl of rice and some grilled fish it's like hey fight amongst yourselves join me pretty much <laughs> and uh then he leaves and Yamato's all concerned, like, well, I am the son of Kaido. They're gonna kill me first because they bear a grudge. But uh very cutely, that does not happen. I like it a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of respect going on here, and the samurai just doing dope things like they do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A samurai does not feel hunger, and they gladly give the single plate of food to the starving child. How sweet. Sweet, sweet boys. Mm-hmm. This little quote here, a samurai does not feel hunger. We've heard it before. Uh, Momonosuke is going on about it back in a punk hazard. But it got my brain a churning hearing it an additional time here about uh, another fella that uh, has stated that they do not get hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it quite checks out because it's something I'll tell you in a second, but... Uh, do you think it is possible that uh, Green Bull, the mysterious additional Marine Admiral that joined during the time skip, could be a samurai from Wano Country? Well, I would need some time to look up some stuff on that. I don't remember <laughs> that that well, dang. The only reason I say so is because the only time we saw him like silhouetted, he was on like a, a three-year fast. And he's like, I don't get hungry, don't worry about it interesting but the fact that he put like a a time stamp on it makes me think maybe not and he also was like lusting over women at the time which isn't very (laughs) samurai like but you know it's possible there are a few people that have at least gone without food for quite a while in the one piece universe like zeph and sanji (laughs) kinda yeah this is a much Zeph lesser Wano extent. Samurai but... confirmed. <laughs> is this dude that you're talking about a samurai? No idea. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm sure that some p- other people have also put that possibility together. And I bet, I do not personally think this, but I bet that some people think that presumably Zoro's dad here, mm-hmm. he's probably got green hair. Mm-hmm. Green hair, green bull. Oh, same guy. Oh. <laughs> I see. Okay. Yeah. Confirmed. Um, my apologies to anyone who genuinely thinks that's true. Uh, yeah, you're allowed to believe what you want. That's the fun of One Piece. Anything can happen. I think you're wrong and dumb if you think that, but feel free to believe it if you want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, Yamato here, very grateful to the samurai. I would be grateful to them as well. Pretty dope. <laughs> Very cutely, Yamato asks the main one here, Shimatsuki, do you think I could be a samurai too, even though I do get hungry? Pretty really adorable. Right in the heart. Yeah. yeah. Little Yamato is very cute. But that guy seizes one of the swords, uses a hockey coating on it to cut off his uh, his chains, and they just chat for a little bit. You're Odin. We loved Odin. We can be friends. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna guess that you know, it still takes some energy out of them to coat the hockey on there. So they must have been either saving some up or something. Cause it does look like he's straining a little bit to apply that hockey coating. So yeah. Right. You have to imagine they've been in here for a long time. Like 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. They can't just full on break out. Yeah. Even though they do later. But well, yes. <laughs> we'll but <get> <laughs> uh, Yamato asks this guy what his name is. He's like, "Fallen Samurais don't need names. You can just call me So and So." Title of the chapter feels good, and I do really like that. This man does not look as exactly like Zoro as the little like silhouette we saw last chapter made it appear, mm-hmm. but uh, still, extremely similar. Oh yes. so I like it a lot. Much better character design, I feel. Well done, Oda. Uh, Yamato apparently snuck in the Odin's journal that uh, he got from somewhere. Can't read it though. So you all have story time together. Yeah, and that pure amazement in Yamato's eyes is, is <laughs> so good. Like, you can see how this spurred him on for years and years and years. Indeed. So, if they were all reading it together, does that mean that these three samurai also know, like, what the One Piece is? Do you think Odin literally wrote what it was in the journal? Good question. But that would also mean Yamato knows. Uh, yeah. I hmm, I don't think Odin would care that much to like note it in detail, probably at least in passing. But uh, mm-hmm. I would imagine when you find the One Piece, your first thought, if you're Odin, is not, oh, I got to go write this in my journal. <laughs> probably not. And I think that if it was written in there, it would kind of take like Yamato's straw hat chances down a peg. Because I'm not sure if Luffy would want someone who knows what's at the end of the journey to be traveling with him yeah no spoilers pretty much so yeah and it could also be that like maybe gold roger was like hey maybe don't write everything down in detail in your journal gotta keep it a secret for the next generation you know yeah certainly 10 days pass uh they're all having a good time Kiahaha, they say they're like hey it's been 10 days so sure does seem like kaido actually does intend to let you be dead so that sucks but waiting 20 years is too long for us as odin writes in his journal so our contribution to that battle will be to ensure you get out of this cave to participate in it so they take up their arms and they slash through the big boulder block in the wall with a little bit more prejudice than was perhaps needed yeah (laughs) Um, yeah but it does look cool for sure but then i can't imagine they put up much of a fight after having sat there without food for who knows how long. Right. I would imagine that all three of these guys probably died to Kaido himself. I oh, yeah, yeah, very quickly. Yamato is free. Those guys probably dead. And because of that, uh, Yamato is here now doing his thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are people who believe in me, people to accept me. Don't steal my freedom. Don't steal Wano's freedom. To which Kaido claps back, Yo, it's not as simple as all that, you big dummy. And then they clash Thunder Bagawas in midair. Looks cool. Feels good. Absolutely. Uh, the line, there are people who believe in me and people who accept me, is probably one of the bigger things for me on Yamato joining the Straw Hats. Because that, that has to be who he's talking about, right? Uh, I mean, Yamato hasn't met any of the Straw Hats aside from Luffy. I assume that he was talking about those three samurai, 
but it's weird oh, that yeah. he would be speaking about them in the present tense. Yeah. If they're dead. That that's why I didn't yeah. even consider them, but uh it it could be I mean, I guess we are just assuming that those samurai are dead, right? Like Yeah, true. So yeah, I guess I don't know who Yamato is referring to here. You're right, Jordan. Yamato is confirming right here these people are alive. Therefore, Zoro's dad is Green Bull. We did it, everyone. <laughs> yep, we cracked the code. <laughs> we made the conspiracy theory work in the yep. limited amount of time given to us. We sure did. Well done, us. <sighs> um, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing more information about who he's talking about there. One other thing I wanted to briefly address before moving on is the Zoro's dad thing. So we know that Odin died 20 years ago, like to the day, almost. So this whole operation must have taken place shortly thereafter, I would imagine. So roughly 20 years, technically slightly less than 20 years, right? Uh, yeah. So if this is indeed Zoro's father, Zoro would have already been one year old at this time, which begs the question, how does Zoro get from point A, Wano, presumably, to point B, East Blue, Shimatsuki Village, I believe it is called? Yeah, we have a lot of holes in Zoro's backstory, mm -hmm. and Oda has started to patch him over, but yeah, he was... He was in the East Blue at a fairly young age, right? Yep. Don't know exactly the age, but he was certainly a child, no more than 10, right. I would say. Probably yeah. younger. Not not a toddler, not an infant as far as we know, but young. Do we know anything about his mom? I don't think so. Nope. So, you know, there's an easy filler, I guess. Just send them off because you know things are getting bad. Uh, uh -huh. But... We haven't seen that yet, so... I can't imagine that escaping Kaido-controlled Wano is easy, especially with how just generally perilous the waters around it are. Gotta go down a waterfall. It's a whole mess. Yeah, but I'm I'm <laughs> doubting that this dude would, like, you know, marry a woman who couldn't handle herself type deal, especially considering Zoro as a person. True. True, true, true. And, uh... Zoro refers to, like, the elders of his village as, like, the geezers in Shimatsuki. So, I don't remember the exact stated timeline, but it sounds like that village was already founded, like, as immigrants out of Wano um, long before. So, perhaps he knew that in some capacity? Hmm, yeah. Like, not Zoro, but uh, his dad here. And, like, told them, seek out this place in the East Blue, they'll shelter you, or what have you. Yeah. And so they did. Still, as you said, getting there would be a challenge, but... Correct. Especially since this is the new world. <laughs> With an infant or toddler or what have you, like, oh boy. They would have to either cross the calm belt. Well, would they? They are now... Yeah, they would have to cross the calm belt and a chunk of the red line to get to the East Blue from the new world. So Zoro's mom is a confirmed Lunarian and just flew him over. So. <laughs> Must be. I'll be interested in seeing how this plays out. I still hope that like Zoro's 
father being like a famous samurai and also related to Ryuma doesn't play into his characterization too too much I hope it kind of stays the way it is like kind of flavor text kind of sort of but uh I do want a little bit more yeah if Oda does it right then it will be more we're finding out why Zoro is the way that he is as opposed to changing anything about him like exactly he's got the sword he's got enough Unless you have anything else to say about this chapter, I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah, I think we hit all the the good marks. I guess that Viz is just not including when the next chapter is coming out from now on, because it just says to be continued again, but just like it has been, it says seven days on like the chapter selects screen in the browser. So seems like a new chapter will drop. That's Sunday the 12th. Feels good. And that takes us into our news segment. Having a lovely time. This week we'll be covering, like I said, the new SBS information from Volume 100 and the new card information. In no particular order, I took these notes a few days ago and I did not indicate which one was which. So here we go. <laughs> In this chunk of stuff that I just described, we find out that Page One and Ulti are biological siblings. We knew that they referred to themselves as Big Bro and Big Sis, but that's confirmed to be by blood. Their father was a pirate who died, and apparently Kaido knew that guy, so he took them in. Uh, Ulti stole two devil fruits from Kaido as they were growing up, and they ate them to become powerful allowing them to survive in Kaido's crew, where only the strong survive. Good dad, Kaido. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I mean, we already <laughs> knew from the start that Kaido's an excellent father. Exactly. Clearly. We're just but, we're uh, further hammering that point home. Yeah. Taiti and two orphans, though. That doesn't really sound like him. He probably had a plan to incorporate them into his forces somehow, right? I guess so. Makes you wonder who their dad was, if he, like, knew Kaido well enough for him to take in his kids after he died. Mm -hmm. wonder if it was, like, a rocks pirate or something. Oh, that would be, that'd be neat. Before we go on to the next one, I need you to do me a solid right quick. Can you pull up just a picture of Basil Hawkins for me? Just... Yes, I can. Give me one moment here. All right, I got it. You see those triangles above his eyes? They're quite lengthy, yeah. Those are his eyebrows. What? <laughs> and uh, even beyond that, each triangle is a single strand of hair. What? Straight from the mouth of Oda himself. That's amazing. <laughs> New favorite character. Indeed. I really thought those uh, were tattoos. You and me both, buddy, but Oda was playing 5D chess while you and I were... Playing, like, checkers or something. Is the cross his chest hair? Uh, not explicitly stated, <laughs> but with this information, I'm going to go ahead and say yeah, totally. <laughs> what a strange biology this man has. Quite so. Uh, Hawkins confirmed to be best supernova. Now I don't think there's any chance that killer can beat him. Nope. Not with hair as powerful <laughs> as that. In this chunk, Oda also drew Robin at ages 40 and 60 in both the good and bad endings. I will send those over to you so you can see them in front of your face once we're wrapped up here. Appreciate that. Here's a fun nugget. Oda is asked whether Black Maria's devil fruit is like a smile, because only a part of her body appears to be transformed. 
similar to uh, the smile fruits. Odo responds that there's no hard rule about the appearances of Zoan transformations, and then he uses Chopper as an example. Then he goes even further and says that she alters her transformation with drugs, just like how Chopper does. So apparently Black Maria has her own version of the Rumble Ball. So that's fascinating. Yeah, that's that's pretty weird. Maybe Black Maria's getting her stuff from Queen? I mean, he is the, like, mad scientist of the crew. Yeah, that would make sense. And we know that Queen doesn't have exactly a, a normal use of his devil fruit power either with his, like, cyborg enhancements. So that would make sense. Right. He's willing to break out of the box. I just sent you in our Discord a link to the the Japanese version of oh, this that we're talking about right now. And uh, on the left there, it's kind of hard to see if you're opening a browser, but uh, on the left there, this multi-armed monstrosity, that is apparently what Black Maria would normally look like in her hybrid form. Whoa, that is straight out of Dark Souls. Yeah, it sure is. So it's understandable why she would want to uh, <laughs> uh, alter that appearance. Absolutely. Quite so. And uh, I guess briefly, while we are on just looking at this page, uh, the little thing below that with the two Jimbe icons, mm-hmm. uh, the one on the left is one that was sent in, like a suggested, hey, all the straw hats have a Jolly Roger design. This is my proposal for it. And it was like, I really like a lot of this. I'm just going to alter it a bit more to make it look like something I would draw. Um, but credit to this guy for giving me the idea for the designs around the outside. So, I love that Oda does that. That's something that I was actually going to talk about in the reread segment. Because just in one of the SBSs, well, actually in many of the SBSs, people will write in and be like, hey, this person's birthday should be this because of X, Y, and Z. And he's just like, yep, done. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Good idea. <laughs> like, I love that. It's it's a weird, collaborative, creative process, and it's fantastic. You know, I actually saw, I didn't look into it myself, but I saw a post on Reddit the other day that, like, every single day of the year is now a One Piece character's birthday. Oh my god, I would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bonkers, if true. Um, that wraps up Black Maria stuff. Then we get some information about King in this chunk. We find out his bounty, $1.39 billion. A little bit more than Marco's $1.37 billion. So that makes him the highest bountied Yonko commander that we know of. We don't know what Ben Beckman's bounty is. I also don't think we know what like any of Blackbeard's dudes are, but Blackbeard's bounty isn't like very high compared to the other Yonko, so I'd be pretty surprised if uh, his, his dudes had as high a bounty as them. But uh, yeah, King a little bit more than Marco. It's pretty bonkers. That is, yeah. As as we've said many times, bounty does not equate to power, but they are. Well, they're definitely considering Marco to be a big threat. Like it's been around for a long time. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who this says more about. You know. Quite. Uh, unsurprisingly, he's also confirmed to have both armament and observation hockey is stated to be of the Lunaria tribe, and apparently also went with Kaido to Marine Four two years ago, but they were both stopped by Shanks. Really? Indeed. We don't know if like a like a physical conflict happened there, or if Shanks was just like, no, don't do it. 
And then he's like, oh, well, if you say so, pal. But, uh, <laughs> apparently they went together to Marine Ford, but neither of them actually made it to their destination. Wow, that's that's pretty big news. Indeed. All the Toby Ropo are confirmed to be users of both armament and observation hockey. We didn't see most of them do it during their fights, but I would imagine they were just using like the pre-time strip invisible type. That's all. That's what I'd be doing. We also get a little bit of information about Drake. Uh, Apparently, after the whole botched attempt to capture Doflamingo all those years ago with like the Ope Ope, no me, fruit deal that was going on. Mm -hmm. After that whole mess, uh, Drake's father was captured by the Marines. But Drake himself was taken in by Sengoku, adopted basically, uh, after all that, which led into his inflammation into the the marines um well very similarly to how corazon was taken in by sengoku so i wonder if they had some sort of like well corazon literally died on that day so they never met one another mm. but i wonder if some sort of like connection to law via their joint connection to sengoku will be forged by the end of this arc yeah i would not ex- there's a lot of adoption in the one piece world <laughs> it certainly is which is great. I love it. But like, you know, in, in uh, normal media, you don't exactly expect some of the strongest, like, you know, burliest men to just adopt kids. But uh, especially not one who already has a goat. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we get the balance of, you know, the extreme bad in Kaido and the, well, you know, bad and good are very relative in one piece. But the <laughs> other side of that fight with Sengoku. It's neat. Quite so. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, And then lastly, uh, we get a little bit of nugget about Yamato's handcuffs. People had apparently been asking, hey, uh, what's up with Yamato not ever using his devil fruit powers? Apparently, Yamato's handcuffs had sea stone in them, which prevented him from using his devil fruit ability for as many years as he had those on. Kind of assumed as much, but nice to have that confirmation, as always makes it even more impressive that Yamato was able to, like, one-shot kind of ulti while wearing sea prism stone handcuffs and, like, go toe-to-toe with Ace back in the day. Very impressive. And also, Luffy managed to, like, crush those things in his hands. He was using hockey, of course, but, you know. Still. Now, I would assume that these sea prism stone handcuffs were more along the lines of the ones that Luffy and Kid were using in a Oh god, what was the name of the prison? Udon? Uh, yeah, Udon Prison. Where they weren't full, like pure sea stone. They just had little bits of it in the yeah. alloy. Let them keep like 1% of their power or whatever. Right. So not quite as buff as like full-fledged pure sea stone would have been. But even so, very yeah. impressive. And I would assume that Kaido could probably dial it in to whatever he wanted. Well, not him himself, but his scientists, engineers, whatever. Uh, agreed. Just a fascinating little tidbit, filling in the blanks of the story a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's all I've got for the news. Uh, we'll be back with that next time a volume comes out, or Viva Cards, or what have you. And that takes us into the reread segment. Oh boy, my favorite arc. Oh yes, the top one rated every year... When people are asked. 
Long Ring, Long Land. Now you say that, but I do unironically like this arc. I do too. It's goofy. It's weird. I think it is better for the anime than the manga, but it's still fun. Oh, is that what you think? Possibly, yeah, because it's like, you know, it's a festival and they're not real fights. Like, they're, I don't know, it, it feels very well suited to animation for me. I do agree with that sentiment, but in this particular instance, the anime kind of got a little bit of Bidford's britches. Yes, it did. I, <laughs> I seem to remember some weird stuff with that. It uh, added more games. <laughs> So that's fun. They did not need to make this longer. Quite so. Uh, but just know as we're going through that I will take it very personally if you criticize it as harshly as you did Skypea. With that in <laughs> mind, let's begin. All right. So uh, before they even really get there, they're like, you know, talking about the island where they're headed or whatever. And it's all good. Robin's in the crow's nest and there's cute interactions there. But I think... And I haven't been paying 100% attention to this, so I may be wrong. But I think this is the first time that the crew, like, kind of plays along with Usopp's trepidation. Like, Sanji diagnoses him before he even has a chance to say it. And Chopper's just like, oh, yeah, I can't fix that. Like, <laughs> this is just commonplace for them now. It's run its course. And they're just like, yep, this is what we have to expect from Usopp every time. So it's it's good to see that they're all becoming really familiar with each other at this point you know yeah they're extremely comfortable and becoming the tight-knit crew that we just love you know it's it's great agreed very well acquainted by this point they've been up they've been down they've been hither and thither they've been beat up they've had festivals like yeah really have done it all and now they're rich so yeah here in the world these guys yep yep during this little chunk, uh, before they actually get there, I also think it's fun that almost immediately when this arc begins, you get little hints at what's in store for them. They see that ship that you were talking about uh, that has no crew, no sail. Uh, and in that very same chapter, we find out what that is. How fun. We learn kind of trickling information in this. Like, we see two sides of a confrontation and... The reveals are kind of weird, right? Like, because of the jumping back and forth between them. But that adds to the comedic element, at least in my opinion. You're talking about how Luffy is talking to Foxy and the rest are talking to like their crew. Bouncing back and forth between those. Yeah, that's the main instance right now that I'm thinking of. Just the... It's just well done because Luffy's all riled up and Foxy's just weird like <laughs> even for one piece world he you can tell that oda drew him just to look weird and it works but yeah yeah the back and forth delightful <laughs> and while they're like kind of revealing more about the davy back fights i thought it was interesting that three of the straw hats Usopp, Sanji, and Robin yes. knew about the Davy back before this, mm -hmm. while the other four had no idea, which is just a, a good reminder that, like, they have almost no actual pirating experience. They're just, they're just a crew that now they're on the water and trying mm -hmm. to accomplish their goals. It's fascinating. Indeed. 
Now, Usopp in particular, being familiar with the Davy Bat fight, was especially fascinating to me. Because uh, Usopp was raised by the wife of a famous pirate, uh, so mm-hmm. who presumably also might have known about the Davy Bat fight. Um, so, Jordan, could this be definitive proof that one day the red hair pirates and the straw hat pirates will have a Davy Bat fight? Oh my god, is that a theory that people have? Uh, yes. People think that about both Luffy and the red hair pirates, just because it doesn't really seem appropriate for like Luffy to have like a Luffy versus Kaido, I'm gonna beat you up to save Wano type fight with Shanks, you know? Um, right now, yeah, but I, <laughs> I don't trust Shanks. I don't. Love him, <laughs> but don't trust him. Right. But people also think that a Davy Bat fight might also happen against Blackbeard's crew. Mm-hmm. Um, because they say in this chunk that uh, the Davy Bat fight originated on Pirate Island, which we find right. out way later is Full of Lead Island, which is Blackbeard's main base. Yeah. Um, so uh, could be. I'd be fine with either or both of those. And it would be very like Oda to make an arc like this that doesn't really seem to have much narrative weight uh, into something of importance later, like he seems to be doing with Skypea. But, uh, right yeah neat if true coincidence yeah maybe but i sure do hope it turns out that way <laughs> i'd i'd like the red hair pirates more than blackbeard because i just want to see blackbeard get punched in the face but mm-hmm. <laughs> i i could definitely see either or happening i don't think both right probably not both but we'll see how it goes right so, uh, speaking of the Davy back and the games they're in, the race starts off real rough and, you know, shows the, the stakes of the games, but, uh, it also lets Nami, Usopp, and Robin kind of, you know, show off, quote unquote, for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Usopp, again, very, very innovative. Nami getting to do the fun navigation with the coral and Robin just being a nice catch-all for everything else (laughs) pretty much yeah it's it's a good time they put up a good fight and they didn't really know what to expect so they were bound to lose but uh you know whatever (laughs) only Usopp really seemed to be on board with the they're going to cheat immediately so we gotta take steps to remedy that right from the hop Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm But if Robin had gotten just a little bit more ruthless during any part of the race, it definitely would have been pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess was part of the rules that like you had to cross in the thing that you built. Because I don't see why their fish man or their shark didn't just swim ahead of the boat. Um, like I think all three, well, I don't know. They don't explicitly state it, but yeah, I guess they had to like get their boat to the finish line, I suppose. That That's what I would assume. Uh, it could also be that all three of them have to make it, I guess, but, uh, eh. But if Robin had just like, she only tried to like directly engage with them one time and all she did was like flip the guy into the water. If she had yeah. just like killed that guy instead <laughs> Or all three of them. Done deal. Well, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure one of them asks, like, you know, can you sink them? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I don't see why she didn't do that. I don't know why Usopp didn't, like, well, I guess he 
he probably can't set stuff on fire just yet. Um, I don't know if he's upgraded quite to that level, especially a boat on the water. Right. Um, would have been very wet, and his fire star would have to, wouldn't have been uh, quite able quite to get enough. the job done. Yeah, I guess if he had like oil or something and the fire star, but right. regardless, yeah, there were ways for them to win this, but like they can't. There's there's no way that they can win the first one, and for it to be interesting, right? And even if they had like sunk those guys, uh, I think Fatsi, how he slowed them down at the end probably would have been able to keep that chain going long enough for them to get back up and hobble their way <laughs> over to the finish line. Right. So yeah, still it, probably would have would lost, have but you know, it's a shame. Um, yeah. And in, in that race, we do get even more foreshadowing. Like we see what is probably the inspiration for the, uh, Kuda burst that the Sunny gets. Uh, yeah, as far as like Oda's idea for it goes, totally. Right, yeah. I could totally see Usopp and Frankie talking at some point and just being like, dude, one time I did this, and Frankie <laughs> would just be like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're really talking about in that bit of Water 7 where Frankie's like crying on the couch, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you just gave me the greatest idea that was ever conceived by human brains. and It's gonna be amazing, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, oh, yeah. When when Foxy actually chooses Chopper as his prize, we do get some nice forced character development for Chopper. <laughs> Zoro being classic tough guy, you know, don't don't give in. You're better than this. And it works. Yeah. Like, I know Chopper is extremely malleable and easily influenced, but... He, uh, when he puts his mind to it, he can, he can do what he wants. It's good. Indeed. It was a real harsh, tough love moment, but really inspired Chopper. I like it a lot. That's mm-hmm. one of Zoro's cool guy moments that everybody likes to point to. But then they also say this arc is bad, so you can't have it both ways, people <laughs> of the world. <laughs> yeah, picking and choosing does not, eh. Shame on you. How dare you people say that some things are good and some things are bad inside an art. <laughs> we would never do yeah, that. Sadly. <laughs> huh. Right. So the, the second match was supposed to have Chopper in it and now he's gone. So like, again, they're starting at a disadvantage, but like you, you have to, right. <laughs> <laughs> but also it doesn't matter. Like these two goofballs were just, putzing around and they didn't have really much of a care for the game and then they did just fine all they needed was 10 seconds at the end to <laughs> really pull it together like it's the way it should be it it makes sense because these are the two heaviest hitters on the team right now mm-hmm. in not the most physical confrontation of this arc but like the most physical for people that aren't Luffy, you know, <laughs> yeah. they have a bit of a rough time because they were underestimating their foes initially. And you know how they bicker, but, uh, like you said, as soon as they agree to that 10 second truth and get serious, they just thrash those guys with no issue at all. Yeah. Oh boy. I, I really appreciated Zoro's, uh, no sword style dragon twister. I think, mm-hmm. uh, where he just lifts the dude and throws him <laughs> okay. like, dope good move man i'm glad you've really practiced it all (laughs) gotta be prepared for everything 
he got disarmed mm-hmm. that one time in a what's it called on syrup uh syrup village so there you go <laughs> yeah gotta, gotta be ready <laughs> so like it's it's a weird start to an arc we're caught off guard immediately and it stays that way the whole time the crew needs to be on their toes and ready for anything and so does the reader which is really neat and we also we get character development straight out the gate we get a fair amount of it like i don't i really don't see what people have wrong with this arc yeah it's weird who cares that's why we like (laughs) one piece right right so that's my my thoughts generally on the the start here if you like humor this is a great arc if you don't read something else (laughs) pretty much yeah, I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to finishing this. Uh it's it's a great little break in the story and who knows where it could lead in the long term. Precisely. Now as a main arc villain, which is basically what Foxy is, I guess, not a huge fan of him. He's very, you know, weird compared to you know, your crocodiles or your doflamingos, you know, the more <laughs> the more shonen ish dudes. Um mm-hmm. but as like a concept or just like a pirate on the sea making the most of what he's got i do like his operation so fatsy himself isn't very strong he certainly has a very overpowered fruit uh that's really all he's got going for him but that fruit makes him a god in games where outside interference is allowed so he sets up a pirating operation that's focused on bringing down enemy crews and games of skill and building up his crew by stealing other crew's crewmates makes a lot of sense in a world where this game exists and I like it a lot and i'm also kind of a huge sucker for stuff like this where superpowered characters are competing in relatively normal <laughs> games mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. i forget what the like circumstances were but there is a manga called beelzebub where there's it's like a high school with like a demon or whatever but there's this bit towards the end of that manga where like these superpowered teenagers participate in like a normal volleyball game and it gets bananas just because of how powerful the competitors are is that the one where the demon's a baby yes mm-hmm. yeah i love that that was great yeah big fan of that one uh kind of fell off towards the end and i couldn't really tell you what happened but uh that bit <laughs> about the volleyball liked it a lot yeah like you said lots of comedy here it's very like oda operating on all cylinders as far as the funnies are concerned the only other thing i had before we get to like the specific funny bits is Mm -hmm. uh before the games actually begin luffy zoro and sanji all argue over who gets to participate in the battle segment and uh, i know it's gonna happen in next chunk the specific battle but i'm inclined to think that both zoro and sanji would have had an easier time against foxy in that battle because they wouldn't have been Absol- so easy well, to fool i don't mm, sanji for sure zoro probably zoro would just get frustrated yeah, yeah that's a good point because foxy spends a lot of that fight like running around all over his ship and uh yeah. you know zoro would have gotten lost <laughs> yes so sanji for sure could have done something zoro would have been uh, sol <laughs> quite so he would have like I don't remember the details but i think there's like a corridor in the ship that just kind of like leads out and into the water and uh zoro definitely would have run out of there and uh, 
fallen and been disqualified, but how embarrassing. But um, yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and do our list of funny bunny moments. Yeah, good luck with this one. Yeah, there's quite a few. On the very first page, Luffy and Co. encounter that group of sea monkeys. And in the second panel of said page, Luffy is making a monkey face back at that group of sea monkeys. And it is delightful. (laughs) I like it a lot. He's our favorite sea monkey, right? Quite so. This island, just kind of in general, is a very silly place. Everything is very long and is named appropriately. There's a horse, a, sorry, a horse, a dog... Uh, I think I saw a bear, and the snow leopard in particular <laughs> got me really good. <laughs> the wide-faced yeah, snow leopard. so good. And you, like, flip the page to go and see it for the first time, and it's like, ah, there it is. <laughs> so good. Uh, Tom Jeet was on stilts for, like, ten years. That's, that's a long time to be on stilts, mm-hmm. my guy. Uh, glad your brain is very small. Uh, but during that, well, and yet, and yet, he is still afraid of heights. <laughs> Quite so. That ten years was not enough to get over his fear. Maybe it caused the fear. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird if your hobby is being on stilts if you're afraid of heights. So, yeah, good, good point. Uh, the whole milk turned into cheese thing that oh, that went yeah. on for like five pages. <laughs> Too. That's good. how you do a joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just steadily building throughout, and then it hits hard when Chopper's like, oh, it appears to be food poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good old Chopper. What a guy. The Foxy Pirates uh, extorting the Straw Hats for money by selling concessions during this game that they force them into. Yep. That feels good. The old man also buying things at the stand, even <laughs> though his horse has just been shot. Yeah. of Tonji. I mean, he wanted that yakisoba, man. I can't blame him. I want some, too. I would have, yeah. <laughs> when the donut race starts, every enemy on the other team is calling out about how much they want Nami and Robin to be taken. But they explicitly state they don't want Usopp. <laughs> Yeah, I think also right around there, Usopp says that he's cuter than Nami. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> then he gets hit. It's good. That's that's the kind of confidence that I need, Usopp. Please give me some. Yeah. He's been getting, like, both in this arc and in, like, last week's chunk, I think. He gets, like, very subtle jokes that I like a lot. Well done. Mm-hmm. Nami blasting through all of Fatsi's terrible schemes, even seeing through the dead grandma strategy. Has oh, she no yeah, heart? I, yeah. <laughs> that dropped Nami down a few on my tier yeah, list. Jeez. God, Nami. Ruthless. Suck. Um, <laughs> and then uh last one I had is Nami settling the ball man issue by telling Sanji he looks good in it. A simple solution to a simple problem. I think that was good, but I think my favorite part of the ball issue was when Zoro told Sanji that he looked good. Like, he thought that would work. (laughs) A noble effort, but believe it or not. His face really shows that he tried to sell it. Like, (laughs) he was getting very genuine. Maybe he meant it. I don't know. Could be. A lot of fans would be pretty happy with that. (laughs) I I also really liked the. uh... Like how Zoro like decided who was the ball man in the first place when the guy just walked up to him, hey, who's the ball? And he just like points over his shoulder yep. nonchalantly. And I'm like, all right, decision made. No Ooh, questions. Boy. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had. 
overall. I yeah. liked these two games a lot, aside from the small, uh, underutilized Robin situation. Um, yeah, a nice, a nice fun diversion from the very serious uh, arc to come and the arc that just was. Yeah, we need this break, and we will gladly accept it. Quite so. Doesn't seem to be a break next week. Like I said before, new release on September 12th, probably. Feel free to send in your thoughts on the new chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcasts at gmail, on Twitter to inherited underscore will, or in a comment on the YouTube video, if you'd prefer. Talk to all y'all next week. Thanks for listening.